It's time to talk some football. We're going to rate the transfer portal hall for Iowa football today. One through nine, the most impactful players for this Iowa football team. Speaking of the transfer portal, Iowa dodged a bullet, maybe literally, with Treshawn Holden. News coming out from the former Hawkeye target, and we preview the Hawkeyes and the Buckeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon, and thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it, we're there. Google Podcasts, I like to use that one a little bit as well. We are there for you, and you can also find us on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're there. And a shout-out to our newest subscribers over on the channel as we work to get up to 2,000 by March Madness. And I was going to break through this year, no doubt about it. Gold Star Thrifter, Jordan, Vance Crumley, Matt Vober, Paul Zoss, William Otson, Ron Bates, any relation to Bob Bates, maybe Grimes Boy. Who else we got here? We got Joe, John Moline, and Jill DeBeast. Hey, shout out to all of our February subscribers so far. Jump aboard with us. We'll give you a shout out here on the podcast. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. Let's get into it today and talk about everything going on in the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And Want to talk some football today to kick things off. We got basketball. We're going to be talking about the Ohio State-Iowa matchup uh, coming up on Thursday evening. We'll get into that. The Iowa women tonight, they get a victory as they were able to knock off Wisconsin and Cruz into an easy victory before a very difficult three-game stretch to finish up the regular season for the Hawkeye ladies. The Iowa wrestling team gets ready for their regular season finale against Oklahoma State. And, of course, we also have baseball starting up coming up this week and we'll get into that later on here in the week but let's kick things off here with some football talk as we talked a little bit last week about Nick Jackson the transfer coming in for Virginia so I thought it might be a fun exercise here to rate these guys one through nine that's what Iowa has right now in their hall out of the transfer portal that's what Iowa you know dipped their toe in a couple of times over the last couple of years and and they have taken it to certainly another level this season. So at number nine on the list, and the way that I measure this is impact for Iowa. I'm not talking about long-term. I'm not talking about what they are as an NFL prospect. Really, more than anything, I'm talking about this year. Though how much time they have left in the program, that, that's impactful. and I think it plays a little bit of a role. More than anything, I'm thinking about this 2023 year. It is such a huge season for Iowa football. We talked last week about the amendment. It's become a national punchline of what Iowa put out there, the 25 points per game and the seven wins for Bride Dog to keep his job as the offensive coordinator for Iowa. We, we've talked about that ad nauseum, and I'll be honest, we'll probably talk about it a whole lot more in the coming weeks and months, just the reality of the situation. But more than anything, with the opportunity that Iowa has here, if they're not the favorite in the Big Ten West, the betting-wise, they're going to be right up there. It's going to be them. It's going to be Wisconsin. But for my money, th this team is right there if they can show some kind of level of competency on the offensive side of the football. The defense is going to be good. The special teams are going to be excellent, as always. 
Now the question remains what's going to happen with the offense. But more than anything, I'm looking at 2023 and how the impact is going to be for these guys. So at number nine out of this list of nine, I have Hayden Large. He is the tight end transfer that came in from Dort. He was a guy that was injured in high school late in his career. Came in, not a ton of fanfare. Uh, a preferred walk-on candidate is what he is. That's also what we're talking about, a walk-on here. 6'5", 240, uh, played at Dort in Sioux Center. Put up 62 catches, 950 yards, had 12 touchdowns playing in the NAIA. But I will tell you, you know the offense of Dort. They're not a, guy, a team that throws the football a whole lot there. You put up those kind of numbers over a couple of seasons. I think that's pretty good. Also, large couple of years of eligibility remaining. Tight end room is already incredibly deep. We will get into another one of those transfers coming up here as we go through the list. But Hayden Large, my number nine guy. At number eight, it is Deacon Hill, the transfer quarterback from Wisconsin. Now, the reason I put Hill in this spot, first of all, the opportunity that he is going to be competing for his starting job is not realistic. This is Gabe McNamara's job. There's no way he was coming to Iowa to have to fight for a job. We know that he is going to be the guy. But Deacon Hill you know, had some things that John Budmeyer certainly liked when he was a coach at Wisconsin. He was the one that offered him a scholarship after watching him just throw a few passes and said, I'm sold on this guy. Big time arm, big time talent. Needs to get Better physically, weight-wise, that's something that was talked about in Wisconsin. But you get intrigued by that. We know Iowa loves their big, strong-arm quarterback, and he is certainly that, a different kind of prospect. He's number eight on our transfer portal rankings. At number seven, another walk-on. This one, Austin Kutcher. Not Ashton Kutcher, Austin Kutcher. He's a wide receiver from Ohio State. Now, you look at his high school numbers, they were monstrous. He put up just some absolutely huge numbers at the high school level. He was a walk-on at Ohio State. Yeah, he was not going to play against some of the guys that have been through that Ohio State program at the wide receiver position over the last three years or so. Six foot, 198 pounds, but an opportunity. A guy that certainly has practice at a high level. He's going up against dudes every single practice, and he saw uh, the best of the best in college football at the wide receiver position, how they get ready game in and game out. It's worth a dart, right? And it's a walk-on on top of it. Number seven on the list, Austin Kuchar, the walk-on from Ohio State. Now we're starting to get in to the scholarship, guys. This is when it gets a little more salty here. Number six on my list, it's Rusty Beth, the offensive lineman from Miami of Ohio. Now, if you've been listening to us here on Lockdown Hawkeyes for a while, you know I was a proponent from the beginning of the portal of going out and getting help, not just on the offensive line. We knew we needed tackle or tackles, but most importantly, I think we also needed help inside. Logan Jones very well could turn out to be an excellent center, and maybe it will be this year, but having that veteran presence there. And if Rusty Feth ends up playing center, which he has the two last two years, he was an all-max selection at Miami of Ohio, second team a year ago. He's been a center the last two years. He was a guard before that. That versatility is a huge thing. Injuries happen, and certainly injuries happen at the offensive line position. So not only are you adding depth here, adding a guy that's going to be a starter somewhere on the interior of your offensive line, he has that flexibility that you look for. And maybe he's going to come in right away and he's going to take over that role. He also has familiarity with the program and the offensive line and what they have done in the past with Coach Barnett, who coached him at Miami of Ohio. He is number six on my list. Now, number five might come as a little bit of a surprise to some people out there. It's tight end Eric Hall. And it's not because I don't believe Eric Hall is an outstanding player, that he's going to be very good. But if Eric Hall wouldn't have come, with Cade McNamara from Michigan this year, 
I was still going to be in really good shape at the wide receiver, at the, excuse me, the tight end position. So Luke Lachey, I think, is going to be a star. I mean, I, I think his upside is as high as I was had dating back to when TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant were fine. I, there's something about the guy, the size, the speed. I think he has the full package. I think he has a chance to go on and play considerable years in the NFL. I just think the upside still remains there. Of course, what we saw Sam Laporte in the last couple of years, I think there's so much more. And we're just scratching the surface of Luke Lachey. That's why Eric All is down there. And now you put those two guys together, that's going to be impactful. Addison Ortega, I think he's got a chance to be a nice one as well at that tight end position. We know they get dudes at that spot. Or they mold guys into dudes at the tight end position. One thing that Iowa certainly has been excellent about. Number five, Eric All. At number four, it is a defensive player, and it is Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson, three-time All-ACC player. Had over 100 tackles, again, this season for Virginia. Had seven and a half tackles for loss. Had five sacks. I mean, this dude was all over the place for Virginia. He's done it the last three years. He's a veteran, and from all reports, he's a really good guy. He's going to fit in perfectly. You lose the two linebackers that you do, including an All-American and Jack Campbell. Now, it'd be silly to say that there's not going to be some kind of step back from Jack Campbell. Not what he was just as a player but also what he was as a leader. Those leadership qualities, boy, they don't come around very often at the kind of level that we've seen out of Jack Campbell the last couple of years and just all the positive things that were said about him in the program. There's been great leaders that have come through. I don't know if there's many quite like Jack Campbell, but now you have a guy that's ready-made, that sounds to be ready to go, going to come in there, be impactful. Also, the schools that they beat out, for getting Nick Jackson when he got Auburn and Oklahoma and throwing around the loads of money that they are. And the Iowa Swarm, credit to them. They got it done, Brad and company, once again, and getting Nick Jackson on campus. At number three in our transfer portal rankings, Dejon Parker, the offensive lineman, the tackle prospect coming in from Saginaw State. Iowa's tackle play the last two years has been brutal. Offensive line as a whole has been awful, and it was especially bad on the outside. We continue to see that over the last couple of years. Mason Richmond, I think, has a chance. I think he has a chance to be a real good one, and now he goes in to his upperclassman years here. Going to be a junior this year. That is great. But you couple him now with Dejon Parker, I think a huge opportunity for him to step in right away. Will there be some growing pains? We'll see. I mean, That's something we're going to have to see, making that jump up from the D2 level up to playing Big Ten football, being ready to go from the get-go. But he's a mauler. He's got the size. He certainly has the footwork that you'd hope. And let's hope that the offensive line coach, George Barnett, let's hope that the guys with offensive line background, with Brian Ferentz and Kirk Ferentz, that they can get this guy. Because he is he's that mold, right? He is that starter set that you're looking for as a tackle. And if I was good on the offensive line, this offense has a chance to not just be better, be significantly better this year. Number two on the list, it is Seth Anderson, the wide receiver from Charleston Southern, the son of Flipper Anderson. I mean, we have to throw that caveat in there every single time. His dad, he's still got the single game record for most receiving yards in a game as he went north of 330 yards in a Rams game way back in the day. Oh, him and Henry Ellard, they were a one-two combination. I'm not sure what kind of one-two combination they're going to have in Iowa shouldn't be done at the wide receiver position looking in the transfer portal. But Seth Anderson, it was a need position and the biggest need position. Yeah, the offensive line needed help. We needed an upgrade at the quarterback position. There were other things that certainly were a necessity, but wide receiver still remains number one on the wish list. I think they're still going to be looking in that portal for more, but this was a step in the right direction. Getting a guy that offers from Kansas, like 
their offense is fun. They move the ball up and down the field, and they do a lot of different things. Georgia Tech going back to home. He had an opportunity to do that, a Georgia kid. Instead, he made his way to Iowa City, showed him a belief that they are going to get this thing turned around. Having that slot guy, having that guy that can go out there, make some plays, have a little bit of speed. How about some downfield threats? Yeah, boy, that'd be a good thing, right? We definitely will take that with Seth Anderson. And, of course, number one, I mean, this is the easiest slam dunk. It is Cade McNamara. A, the way that it started. Right as the portal was opening and we're hearing these rumblings and rumors, we talked about it here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Is this for real? I mean, could this really be happening? And Cade McNamara, a guy that led Michigan to the Big Ten Championship, led Michigan to the college football playoff, a guy, yes, that lost his job to J.J. McCarthy this year, but a guy of that kind of talent that's going to come to Iowa after what he saw out of the offense this year. Well, he saw it two years ago also in the Big Ten Championship. He's going to make his way to Iowa City. It created the snowball effect that it is. And not just that, but also the work that he has done in garnering other interests from other players across the country. He is a name brand. He is somebody that people know. So impactful, no doubt about it, number one. Cade McNamara. Oh, bring us home, Cade, and bring us a Big Ten West Championship. How about a real Big Ten Championship? It's been since 2004, right? I mean, we're getting old here. We're talking 19 years. Let's get another one. Add another one to your mantle, Cade McNamara. Oh, boy, so excited about this football season. We are excited about basketball as well. We're going to talk about that as Iowa prepares for their matchup against Ohio State. Speaking of the transfer portal, Kirk Ferentz, he knows something, doesn't he? He still knows what's going on. Treshawn Holden, it was the apple of many people's eye. Myself included, the Alabama transfer, Iowa, looked like they were heavily involved with him. In fact, many people were pointing in the recruiting world that Iowa was the favorite to land the wide receiver that had six touchdowns a year ago for Alabama, but it didn't happen. Well, maybe know a little bit more. We'll talk about that as we roll through here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by our friends at fin- FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then bet on everything from the money line to the point scores, threes drain. Taking a look here at the NBA slate coming up on Thursday. I'm going to be watching a little T-Wolves action against the Wizards. Of course, we'll have the Iowa game going on against the Buckeyes. Iowa open up six-and-a-half-point favorite. And the Hawkeye money starting to come in. Hawkeyes now a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against the Buckeyes in the matchup on Thursday evening. You can do all that and a whole lot more NBA bets this week. Their exclusive gets bets like their two-by-three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. How about that? Three minutes in? You know if you got a winner or take the other side. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with their same game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Very important, fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Try kind of back with you again here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure to check out a brand new podcast. It is Locked On College Basketball. 
as we're inside four weeks away from Selection Sunday. Get yourself acclimated with everything in college basketball across the landscape in one place from our big-name experts that we have, insiders, coaches, players. They have it all with Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So we opened up here today talking about the transfer portal and talking about rating one through nine, the guys and their impact. I anticipate we're going to see next season for this Iowa football team and overall during the tenure that they have remaining. We had that. Now, one of the names that I was excited about was Treshawn Holden. Put up numbers at Alabama a year ago. He was a guy, has size, speed, versatility, everything. But, well, A, there was a reason, even as the season was coming to a conclusion, that he was leaving Alabama. It wasn't a playing time thing. It was something a little bit deeper. And there were murmurs of that. After Iowa was heavily involved, some people led. In fact, some people thought it was a foregone conclusion that Treshawn Holden was going to be a part of the Iowa football program. Instead, just dried up just like that very shortly afterwards he ends up in Oregon all right good for him well now there's a little bit more to the story and this is not something that happened at Alabama but it is something that was certainly pretty impactful he was arrested in Eugene on accusations here it is a felony unlawful use of a weapon coercion and misdemeanor menacing. Where did Treshine Holden play? Alabama. Who is somebody that has a long and storied history in the coaching world with Kirk Ferentz? That's Nick Saban. We can connect some dots here, right? This was not that they got outbid by Oregon. This was not that Kirk was scared of going out and getting somebody that was a little bit more flamboyant at the wide receiver position. Look, he just had a beer Smith Marset not too long ago, right? He's had guys that have some personality at the position. No, Kirk Ferris knows what he's doing. And yes, I will yell and I'll complain and I'll scream sometimes when things aren't going well or there are things that I look at and say, what are they possibly doing? What we all know is yes, I act like an expert. Come on. I'm a guy talking into a microphone, right? I get a little bit of info. I pass along to everybody out there whenever I get it. But there's a difference between what Kirk Ferentz knows and what some jabroni like me knows. A huge gap between the two. We get this, right? And he knew something here. He was told maybe by Saban, maybe by other people that he know. There's so many different angles to take on this. But I mean, talk about dodging a bullet. And with what Iowa has gone through, just in the last week in the football program and the decision to bring back Brian and then coming out with this amendment and it gets released to the press and just being raked over the coals. I mean, can you imagine then adding another layer if you brought in somebody like this to try to help out at that wide receiver position? And then you have that would just be such a terrible look. And ultimately, when you look at those portal guys that we talked about, those nine guys, one thing that rings true with seemingly every single one of them, when you hear the stories that are talked about them, Good kids. Now, are young adults going to make bad decisions? Absolutely. There's plenty of good people out there that have made bad decisions. But that is something that is always important to Kirk Ferentz. Fit. Style. There's a reason when you look at recruiting year after year that Iowa is always towards the bottom in terms of scholarships offered compared to not just their conference brethren, but other teams in the similar elk. There are teams like Nebraska, 
Minnesota, they do it differently. Iowa State, those are programs that recruit differently. They go out there, and if you can win a game for them, there's not going to be a whole lot of due diligence. That is the complete opposite of what Kirk Ferentz does. He does his homework. He really gets to know the people. And it's not just having a conversation or bringing them in on a visit because you're, you're not getting the complete story of a player. This Iowa staff, and Kirk Ferentz at the forefront of it, they do real work in finding out how this guy is going to fit in. Is it going to work for Iowa football? It takes a special guy. It takes a different kind of guy to succeed in Iowa City. Right or wrong, it is the reality. Kirk Ferentz knows that better than anybody, and this is one that he passed on, and thank goodness for that, because this one maybe could have got pretty ugly. Wrap it up on the other side. Let's talk a little basketball. It's Iowa against Ohio State. Hawkeyes and Buckeyes getting together. The Buckeyes have not played good basketball except for one game over the past basically two months. Came against our Iowa Hawkeyes. That is a little bit of a problem. How does Iowa respond? Bounce back in Carver Hawkeye Arena. We'll talk about that next year on Locked On Hawkeyes. Welcome back once again to the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon, and thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Well, let's get into it here as it is Ohio State making their way to Carver Hawkeye Arena. Iowa, of course, lost the game in Columbus. Jumped out to an early lead in that game. Really, I, I thought, I remember watching that game thinking they had a real opportunity maybe put their throats on Ohio State. The Buckeyes were not playing very well coming into that game. Iowa jumped out to, I want to say, 9-4, something like that. Had a couple of shots, a couple of times down the floor, had possession. And they could have gone up at 12-4, something like that, early on, and just weren't able to do it. But that game for the Buckeyes was their only win since January 1st. We're talking six weeks now. They have won one game. They have lost two, starting with Purdue. Maryland, Minnesota, at home, Rutgers, Nebraska, the win against Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Northwestern, and Michigan State over the weekend. Now that game, as mentioned, Ohio State came out. Iowa responded late in the first half, got right back into the game, and then the second half was as brutal as this Iowa team has played, probably in Big Ten play. Yeah, there were clunkers. The game at Nebraska, that was a stinker. That was Chris Murray coming off an injury. It was just a bad day. This one was not just losing, but losing in the fashion that they did. It, it was an embarrassing effort. And that's the thing that is always bothersome. It's one thing to get beat. It's another one, team just shoots lights out. What are you going to do, right? Or you're not shooting the basketball well yourself. Those kind of games are happening. But when you're not competing, when you're not, you're not giving the requisite effort that you need, that's where frustration really gets in. Ohio State scored 56 points in the second half of the game. They shot 56% from the floor. They got whatever they wanted. Now, they're a little bit different matchup for Iowa in the way that they're built. They like to play four-guard lineups a lot with Coach Holtman's squad. It's something that they do a whole lot. Sensabaugh, he is an absolute stud. Even as bad as this season has gone, he is a guy that is an incredible talent. And let's hope maybe he's a one-and-done or an off to the NBA. But because of the way that they play, you know, likely this guy that doesn't score and he scored against Iowa. What, what are you going to do? I get another one of those. He goes seven to 12 for the floor, hits a three pointer. He can't shoot except against Iowa and he throws in a three pointer. 
everything was going right. But it was their ability to get into late and make some things happen. So we've seen over the last three halves, Iowa's played a whole lot better defensively, starting in the second half of the Purdue game, and certainly during the game against Minnesota. Now, you can say, hey, Purdue was up 17 at the half. We don't want to read too much into that. Minnesota's brutal. Don't want to read too much into that. But the one thing that they have done is they forced turnovers. And they've done it with that three-quarter court press. And it's something I have long maintained. I would like to see Iowa do more. I would like to see them push that button a little bit more to slow down a run, to generate a little run going the other way. Because we know Iowa's not going to be a great defensive team. I mean, just not. That's not the way Fran McCaffrey teams are built. It's about offense. Yeah, you got to get stops. And they know that. And they, they say all the right things. But it's about what they do on the other end of the floor. What makes Iowa basketball what they are and on the precipice of making the NCAA tournament for the eighth time in the last 10 years is doing it with offense. So the defense, well, there's got to be something. You can't be great at everything. And certainly at a program like Iowa, it's not going to be the case. They're not going to be great across the board. Rare that that happens for anybody in the Big Ten or across college basketball that you're elite on one thing. Iowa is elite offensively. Defensively has some work. We'll see. Is Fran going to be willing, especially early in the game? Now, say early on, I was down 12-4. Gets off to a slow start. Is that a button you push or could accelerate because of their ability to get into the paint, their ability to beat the press, beat it forward, and then hit shots? Is that something that you want to do? Something to keep an eye on there. What Iowa does with their press defense against the four-guard lineup for Ohio State. You know, Tony Perkins, it's not as he goes, Iowa goes, but... He still is a little banged up. You know, you see him limping around from time to time. You see that he's had some of those games where it just doesn't get going. But just having his emotion, having that fiery attitude that he has when he makes a big play, either offensively or defensively, what he means. Love to see Tony Perkins. Look, we're not going to get the 31-point performance like we did against Illinois. That's not going to happen time in and time out. But Tony Perkins, I just... You guys know. You've been listening for a while. I am a big Tony Perkins fan. Want to see him get right, be completely healthy, and have another strong push like he did a year ago at the end of the season. During the month of February, he was outstanding into the Big Ten tournament. He played some really great basketball. Had six assists the other day. at Distributing, that's when he is at his best. Off the bounce, not just scoring, and he certainly can do that, but also what he does as a facilitator. Love the game of Tony Perkins. Want to see him be completely right. And one other thing I got thinking about is, is Chris Murray. And we just take for granted Chris Murray, don't we? But he's talented, and he's Keegan's brother. And we knew coming into the year he was going to be good. And, you know, you throw out the caveats. Well, he's not Keegan. He's a different type of player, and he is. He's a different kind of player. He's not the same kind of player on the block that Keegan certainly was a year ago. He is not the same kind of player both offensively and defensively that we've seen out of Keegan last season. But you know, very quietly, he just putting up 22 points a game, 24 in Big Ten play, and we're just a oh, ho-hum. He's doing his thing. You know how lucky we are? You know how often we have guys that average that kind of points? And we've been, because of Luca Garza into Keegan and now into Chris, we've been, I don't know, you just don't have players like this. You don't have guys that put up these kind of totals, and yet here we are. I think we're a little spoiled sometimes, and, and I agree. I kind of fall into that trap too. A little bit spoiled and, and expect even more out of Chris Murray, and yet he just does it. You know, he goes out there and doing it. He had the plantar fasciitis earlier this season. He's bounced back well from that. Got to give the dude credit. He's playing good basketball, and would love to see another breakout performance here. Let's beat the Buckeyes. It's great being Ohio State. My future brother-in-law, 
he's a Buckeye grad. And yeah, he's more of a football guy because that's what they are, right? That, I mean, th- those are the Buckeye fans that, you know, that's what they are. It's all about the football and the chirping and then the on and on and on. But just beating Ohio State, and it doesn't matter how good they are or how bad they are. It, they're just something fun about beating the Buckeyes. Let's have it happen again on Thursday evening. Should be a fun, fun night of basketball. Shout out to the Iowa women tonight as they get it done again against Wisconsin. An easy victory. Caitlin Clark, she played 30 minutes in the game. A lot of the starters got some rest. They have a huge three-game stretch coming up, starting with a road trip to a desperate Nebraska team coming up this weekend. Nebraska playing for their NCAA tournament lives. They're going to be working incredibly hard to try to get in there. Nebraska hung around against the Iowa women. Remember, they had that comeback in that game earlier this season. Not going to be an easy task before they go to Maryland and then wrap up with Indiana at home. A difficult three-game stretch in front of them. Hey, Iowa women did what they were supposed to do. Really good to see. Also told you, we got some Iowa baseball starting on Friday. They'll open up the season in that one against Indiana State before playing two games against Quinnipiac. These should be winnable games. Indiana State, they're above average in the MVC last year. I think they finished 10 and 10 uh, in the league, something in that range. Quinnipiac was not very good a year ago, really, to get off to a good start. There's been plenty of seasons where Iowa's had a resume where you feel like they're good enough to be an NCAA tournament team, but they're just a couple of those losses, those RPI drags that go into it. You get off to a 3-0 and start. Baseball, it's different than basketball. It's different than football. You don't have to win every game, but these are the kind of games. If you can put all three in the win column, it's going to be tough. But if you can do that, you're going to be off to such a great start and already putting your foot out there with a good step forward. I think this team has a chance to be a tournament team. We'll talk a little more Iowa baseball in the coming weeks. With that, we are out of here for today. Thanks again for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Our experts, Isaac Shotty, along with Andy Patton, they're going to bring you everything that you need to know in college basketball as we get ready for the brackets. Hear from the big name experts, coaches, players throughout the college basketball world. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Again, hit that subscribe button. We'll give you a shout out here on the show. and We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hopefully, we're celebrating a big one for the Iowa men as they face off against Ohio State. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.